kind of get you a little tender watching that, wouldn't it? What a great guy he must be. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to join me first of all in Leviticus chapter 27 and then later in Malachi chapter 3. Verses will be on the screen so you can watch if you have failed to bring your Bible this morning. Glad you're here. Add my welcome to those uh, who have already welcomed you. Uh, We are in a series entitled Strapped, and we've been talking about how to uh, make wise financial and faith decisions uh, because those two go hand in hand. And today's uh, uh, topic is very simply putting God first. And we're going to be talking about what God says that we're to do in relationship to Him with our money. And uh, in Leviticus 27, it reads as follows, a tenth of the land's produce, whether grain from the ground or fruit from the trees, is God's. And it is holy to God. And so what we're introduced to here for the first time in Scripture is the concept of tithing. Now, what I've come to understand is that there are a lot of folks who misinterpret the word tithing. They kind of use it interchangeably with the word giving. Uh, There are some of us who are very generous with God, others who are not quite as generous But unless we are doing what God instructed, which was to give up or to give him 10% of of what he had blessed us with to return to him, not to give to him, but to return to him, then we're not tithers, we're givers. In the scripture, Hebrew is the word masio, and it literally means a tenth. And God says... Here's how I'm going to bless you. In those days, it was with livestock and the harvest of grain. And when you have harvested, when you have received the gift that I gave you, when you've received your paycheck, then be sure and return 10% of it to me. And then he goes on to say, it's holy. Now, what does that mean? Holy is the quality of God. And when God says it's holy, he means it's his. It's for his ministry. It's for his purposes. It's for his kingdom. So tithing, first of all, I want you to write this down, is returning the first 10% of our income to church. Now, I've noticed a lot of people who like to negotiate with God over that matter. Ever negotiate anybody with God? Uh, we kind of want to get the, both, both, the best of both worlds, don't we? Heard a story about a young lady who uh, matriculated at the University of Kentucky. She was an attractive young lady, personable. She joined a sorority. And uh, one of her older sorority sisters said to her, You're beautiful. There are lots of good men here. I want to set you up. Isn't it wonderful how people love to set you up? And I want to set you up, find you a boyfriend. And she said, and here's, here, here are really your options. We're right here in Kentucky in the middle, and there are a lot of boys from down south. 
And southern boys are romantic and suave. They'll read poetry to you. They'll, they'll sing to you in the moonlight. They, they'll just make you so uh, at ease and happy. And it would be a good thing to date a southern boy. But she said, there's some northern boys too here. And they'll spend money on you. They'll take you to the best places. They'll say nice things. They'll make you feel really special. And, you know, you can't go wrong with a northern boy. So she said, who shall I set you up with? And she said, I'd like a northern boy from as far south as possible. <laughs> That's kind of us right here, isn't it? Now that I think about it. And, and sometimes we're that way with God. Uh, I had a guy not long ago say to me, you know, this thing, tithing, uh, I want you to know, preacher, that I'm all in. And I said, what do you mean you're all in? I was kind of excited to hear that one to hug him. He said, well, here's what I'm going to do. I've been thinking about it and praying about it, and I'm going to get my check every week, and I'm going to pay every bill that I have, and whatever's left over, I'm going to give God 10% of that. Well, that's like 10% of nothing, right? Huh? Another guy came to me one day, and he said, I'm, I'm trying to get a, get a handle on this tithing thing. And said, should I tithe on the net or the gross? In other words, should I tithe before my taxes get taken out of? So here's what I said to him. Who do you trust more with your money, God or the government? And I thought he'd say God, but you know what he said? And before I could you know, get a response from him, he said, do I have to tithe on my tax return? I mean, he was just looking for a loophole. And what God says is this, bring the first, bring the best. Give me, return to me what is mine, and I will make it holy. That's a good definition of tithing, isn't it? Tithing is giving God my first and best, so he can do what? Bless, say it with me, the rest. Bless the rest. Now, I want you to understand that when I tell you that, when I say if you will simply give God what's his, if you'll be generous with God, give God what's his, it's not really being generous, it's returning it, that he's going to bless the rest. Well, I probably need to stop and say this. Look right here at me, everybody. I am not, see the hair, Joel Osteen, okay? You know, you listen to him every Sunday morning, you think you're going to be prosperous. And, and, and he makes some mighty good promises. And, and, you know, if I guess if I had better hair and better teeth, I could make better promises, right? But the fact is, I'm not talking about some kind of cosmic slot machine. You know, that you, you, you stick some money in or, uh, or whatever and you, you pull the handle. I don't know much about this. David will explain it to you later. And if it comes up all sevens, you know, you, or, or is that right? He don't know either. Everyone's got plausible denial right now all of a sudden, right? You know, then you hit the jackpot. You know, it's not like if you tithe, you're going to hit the jackpot. But here's what God says. If you will give me what is mine, 
If you'll give me the first and the best, if, if you won't look for loopholes, if you won't look for ways to deny me what's mine, here's what will happen in your life. I will bless you. I will bless you. Those blessings may be monetary. I'm not sure. I, I've never known anyone who was a consistent tither who wanted for anything. Those blessings might be spiritual. Those blessings might be in your health. Those, those blessings might be in your relationships. I'm not sure, but I believe God enough to listen when he says, I will bless the rest of your life. I'll bless it. So now I want us to answer, that's what tithing is. Why tithe? Why should we make it happen? Let's read in Malachi. Malachi chapter 3. Begin by being honest. Do honest people rob God? But you rob me day after day. You ask, how have we robbed you? The tithe and the offering, that's how. And now you're under a curse, the whole lot of you, because you're robbing me. Bring your full tithe to the temple treasury so there will be ample provisions in my temple. Test me in this and see if I don't open heaven itself to you and pour out blessings beyond your wildest dreams. Proverbs chapter 3, honor God with everything you own. Give him the first and the best, and your barns will burst, and your wine vats will brim over. First and best. What's first and best mean? First and best. You don't get your check and say, I'm going to pay this bill and that bill. I'm going to run over to Macy's. I'm going to go down to Big Lots, wherever it is you go. You say, God, here's yours. Now the rest I'll spend. Or I'll save. Or I'll give to the preacher. I'm not sure. God, this is yours. And, and here's what the scripture says. You see that? It says when you do that, your barns are going to burst and your wine vats will brim over. Now again, think of the culture. In that day, everything was agriculture. And if, if you gave God what was his, what would happen to your barn? It'd get big. Anybody here a farmer? And nobody will admit it. God will bless you in such a way that It'll be amazing. And then it said, your wine, your, your wine vats will brim. Anybody here a drinker? <laughs> We're not going to go there today. <laughs> he said, the grapes, the, the, the wine, the, uh, that which, it'll just, it'll be overflowing. Your life. We'll be so blessed. I was thinking about my mom. She uh, would read me Bible stories, you know, at night before I'd go to bed. And she got to that one about Jesus' miracle. And he started by turning the water into the wine. And she read that story to me. And 
And at the end, you know what she said? She said, I'd like Jesus even a little more if he hadn't done that. (laughs) She was Baptist. Why do we tithe? Well, first of all, we tithe so that God can provide for his work through the church. I, uh, I hope you know that when you entrust us with your money, that we do anything and everything possible to make sure that it is spent where it touches the most lives. We give away to missions about 20% of every dollar that comes in this door, whether it be local uh, feedings and, and, and other ways of touching people here locally, whether it be across the world or here in Kentucky where we're spending a lot of money building and, and planting new churches. We do everything we can to take a universal, all-encompassing look at how to reach people. We hope to baptize 100 people this year. We're praying about that. We're, we're looking, we're on, on, uh, uh, on the way. We're, we're right in line with where we need to be. And, and when you give money to this church, it is invested in life change. And people becoming acquainted and trusting Jesus, people growing in their faith, people finding the way to heaven, the way to grace and mercy and forgiveness. It's a great investment. We maintain the building. You parked in a nice, smooth parking place today. You uh, walked in and it was actually warm, kind of warm, really warmer than I'd like it to be right now. You've sitting on a soft seat. You're hearing a, a spectacular sermon. drank some good coffee, and you felt God's Spirit, and you will continue to feel that Spirit because of the ministry that you make possible through this church, changing lives, changing hearts, discipling believers, carrying out the Great Commission. We also tithe because it teaches us to put God first. I use a debit card. How about you guys? That has eased the burden of me having to carry credit cards and them having to carry me when I couldn't pay. And uh, Arnold's my banker. And if he took time tomorrow to go in and pull up my records where I'd spent my debit card, I'm not giving you permission, by the way, Arnold. <laughs> if he took time to do that, he could tell you what I was passionate about in life, couldn't he? You know, what kind of charges appear on your debit card? Let me tell you about mine. On my debit card, there are lots of restaurants. And I'm not discriminatory. I go from White Castle to the Outback. I mean, and anywhere in between. Because it's better than what I would cook. There's a lot of restaurants there. Occasionally, you'll see a golf course pop up on my debit card. Occasionally, you see Dick's Sporting Goods pop up on my credit card. If Tyler and Amanda 
and John Todd could register on a debit card, they'd pop up there every minute or two. What's your giving record? I mean, what's first in your life? You can look at your checkbook, your debit card record, whatever it is that you utilize to spend your money, and it wouldn't take anybody very long to see what's first and most important in your life. Let me tell you something, a very, very important truth. How you spend your money is a visible tangible evidence of what's happening in your heart. So we're not talking here about a financial decision. We're talking about a faith decision. We're talking about what matters most to you. And I want to be honest with you. Every time in my life where I have placed something in a higher position than God, I've gotten into trouble. Every time in my life where, where something became uh, more important to me, uh, something that I wanted to buy, something that I, uh, a relationship I wanted to be in, you name it, I got into trouble. And any time your priority list is out of whack, you're going to get into trouble. Guy told me one time, you know, I would like to tithe, but if I did, I wouldn't be able to buy the things that I really want, and it would really just completely change my life if I put God first. And I said, amen. (laughs) You believe that? It would completely, massively change your life if you put God first. You say, preacher, why are you telling me this? Because... I looked in the bulletin today, and what did it say? What are we, like 30000 behind our budget? Something like that. Take a moment, take a moment, look in there, turn it over. And it'll tell you, not that we have a giving problem, but that we have a faith problem. I'll tell you a story. Circus, circus came to Burlington, did, is that right? Did I see that? Remember that? Anybody, anybody go to the circus when it came to Burlington a few weeks ago? Gosh, this is a boring group. <laughs> circus comes to town and you don't go. I haven't been to the circus and I don't know when. I don't know what they do at the circus anymore. I could tell from the odor that there's still animals there. <laughs> but when I used to go to the circus, they had the strong man. Remember him? Matter of fact, that was probably what I would be doing if I wasn't a preacher. <laughs> had the strong man. And in this one particular circus, this strong man had a ploy. And his, his, his deal was that he would bring an orange out onto the stage. And he would take that orange and he would squeeze and he'd twist and he'd squeeze and he'd twist and the juice would just run out of the orange and after he had done that for a a few moments he would say to the audience if there's anybody here in this crowd who can come up here and get another drop of juice from this orange I will give you a hundred dollar bill 
one great big bulky sturdy guy got up I would point out one of you and say they look like you but I don't see anybody and uh, he got up muscled up kind of guy and he looked at the orange and he squeezed with all his might nothing came out another guy even bigger got up he grabbed the orange nothing came out when he squeezed and he tried with every bit of gusto within him and finally a little scrawny guy got up little wormy looking scrawny guy oh I see a lot of you (laughs) and he walked to the front and he took the orange and he held it up to the light twisted it and turned it scratched his chin looked at it again comprehended and finally he got it and he turned and he twisted and finally several drops of juice came out of the orange the strong man said to him In all my years of doing this, nobody has ever gotten any juice out of the orange left over. Who are you and what do you do? And he said, I'm the treasurer of the Baptist church. (laughs) Ever felt that way, Debbie? (laughs) You see, sometimes... Because we don't put God first, his work doesn't get done. Things that could happen, ministries that could touch lives, people whose hearts could be changed. Because we ring and we ring and we, and, and we squeeze and we squeeze and there's sometimes none left. The other thing that tithing will do, and it, 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 it's, uh, this is tough language that we're going to use here. It's kind of convicting language. Are you guys like me? When, when you talk about something bad, you try to make it sound better, especially if it's something bad you've done. I, you don't come home and say, honey, I've sinned against God today, do you? You come home and say, man, I've made some mistakes today. You make it sound better, right? Just think about something that's happened in your life that you've tried to water down when you told the story. My son's here, Tyler. He uh, called me last Wednesday night or about 6 o'clock. And he said, Dad, how are you? I love you. <laughs> I said, love you? What's wrong? That's, he said, well, I was with my friends up at the Chick-fil-A. It's a religious restaurant, you know. I made it sound like he was there for a Bible study. Uh, and was coming back down, just enjoying the drive uh, on the Arrow Parkway. That is a nice place. I'm glad they put that road there, right? Yes, son, I'm glad they did too. And I was maybe kind of exceeding the proper speed. You know, not by much, but a little. And uh, we got to the end of that road, and someone had stopped there unexpectedly at that red light. (laughs) And because I didn't want to harm them, I swerved to the right, and there was a guardrail there. And I hit the guardrail with the front fender, and then I spun a little and hit it with the back fender. (laughs) 
this story sounded like, man, I wish I could have been there in the car with you just to experience such a fun thing. And he said, just a little dent. Not little to him means you could put your head in it. <laughs> well, anyway, we're looking, we're taking an offering today at the end of the church service <laughs> for body repairs for the car. That's kind of how we are with God, and I think we are especially this way with God when it comes to money. We'll say, you know what, God, no big deal. I didn't give you 10%. I, I, I'm giving you the most I can give you. I've done the best I can. I had this come up and that come up, and you know how it is when you got kids, you got college, you got, I mean, on and on, God. And here's what God says. If you don't do this, you are robbing me. Whoa! You ever thought about it that way? When I think about robbery, I think about a mask, guns, and a scared bank teller. What do you think about? It's not good. And God said in no uncertain terms that those of you who are enjoying the life I created you, the wealth that I gave you, and you're not giving me back what's mine, you're robbing me. You can clean it up, you can dress it up, but a pig's still going to be a pig, right? You can clean it up, you can dress it up, but God says it's robbery. Pretty simple. It's robbery. Anything less is robbery. Why tithe? Finally, it builds your faith in God. I uh, get to talk to a lot of people, and I see oftentimes great faith and evidence. Great faith. But just as often, and sadly, Sometimes I see no faith at all, or just a minuscule bit of faith. I want you to think about your faith, because what Malachi says in his prophecy here is God kind of lays down the challenge of faith. He said, just test me in this matter. Did you see that? Just give it a shot and see. Just have enough faith to give it a shot, to just tithe. Maybe you've never done that before. Just tithe. Maybe you're not giving a penny. Just, just increase. Just, just see what I'll do. What is it in your life you're not trusting God with? We've talked a lot about money today, but aren't there other things? Maybe you're here today and you're a parent. And you've never really entrusted God with your children. I can remember when Amanda was born. I didn't know what a baby looked like, but I was shocked to find out that they looked like E.T. <laughs> and I looked down at her and I said, God, she looks like her mother, not me, but I want to give her to you. John Todd came along. And they quickly whisk him into the incubator. Uh, 
because his lungs weren't fully developed, and so that threw me into a spasm of prayer when you think something's wrong with your baby. And I said, God, that little boy in there is yours. Tyler came along. I said, God, we didn't expect this. (laughs) How did this happen? I'm old. He's little. God, he's yours. Parents, did you do that? Are you continuing to do that today? Are you trying to be a parent without God's help? Have you entrusted your children? Have you entrusted your marriage to God? you have enough faith to say, God, you know what? This woman's really hard to get along with, but I believe you put her in my life. Help her. (laughs) (laughs) Or ladies, you've said, God, you put this guy in my life. And I don't know what I was thinking, but you led me to him. Help him. God, we can't fix this ourselves. It's not humanly possible for us to get along without your help. You entrusted your marriage to God. How about your health? Always amazes me that some folks get sick and they say, I don't want anybody to know. I want everybody to know. Because I know that God's the great physician. What about other burdens in your life? Things that you can't sleep for thinking about. Things that have weighed heavily on your heart, maybe even for years. Burdens that, 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 that you can't get rid of without God's help. You trusted him with those burdens. Maybe you have an addiction. You've done every 12 14, 16 steps that you could take. You've gone here and you've gone there. You know, we, we live in, a, in an area of the world where one in 12 young people are addicted to heroin. But there are other addictions just as sharp in our lives. Have you ever asked God to free you from that or fought the battle yourself? Do you know where you're headed for eternity? Maybe you are here today, and if you're honest, you'd say, you know what, I, I, think, I, I think I'm going to go to heaven. I hope I'm going to go to heaven. I'm a really good human. Maybe God will shine his grace down on me. Maybe he'll open the portal ways and let me in. Maybe. I don't want to die with maybe on my lips, do you? I don't plan to die anytime soon, so don't get that in your head. But I, don't want, I want to know where I'm going. I don't want it to be a guessing game. And God said, there's a way that you can know. If you will entrust your life, if you will place your faith in me and in the sacrifice that my son made for you, you can know that you know that you know that you know a hundred times know that you're going to be in heaven. Just that simple. Have you entrusted your life to God? You see, there are a million, million ways to rob God. You can rob him of your affections. You can rob him of conversation. You can rob him with your tithes and offerings. You can rob him of spending eternity together.
It's time we stopped and thought about what's most important in our lives, isn't it? It's time we, we, we stepped back and said, God, it's not just about money, although that's a clear indication of where my heart is. God, it's about my allegiance. It's about my affections. It's about my life. I want my faith to be in you and you only. I want to know that your blessings are going to flow because I haven't robbed you. I, I, I want to know that eternity in your heaven is mine because I was all in and trusted you. I want to make you Lord in my life. And when you become obedient to God, your heart will follow, your head will follow, your checkbook will follow, your, your, your capacity to serve will follow. When your faith teaches you that God's on the throne and that you desperately need him, You'll find blessing and strength and courage and salvation and peace. You trust God that much? Do you really trust God that much? Because if you don't, you're missing out. You are missing out. Pray with me. Father, right now, we, we have to get genuinely honest and real with you and with ourselves. Can't water this down anymore. Can't ignore it. Can't make it sound better than it is. Because some of us, Father, we're not sure about heaven and we need to be. Others in this room, Father, don't trust you with hardly anything in their life from money to relationships. Trying to fix something they can't fix. A faith problem, a heart problem. And so this invitation, this, this, this time of commitment, Father, is for folks who who don't want to be the person they've been anymore, who don't want to wander through life without purpose, without faith, without hope, without the security of salvation, don't want to wander through life that way anymore. So this altar's open, for life change, for a new start, for these beautiful gifts that only you can right here, Father, in your house, today's a day of hope, in Jesus' name, I'm going to ask you to stand with me, I'm going to invite you to come and pray, come share, talk with me, come trust Jesus for the first time, come be a part of our church.
Come straighten things out between you and God. Share in communion. Thank God for the sacrifice that he made for you. But don't just stand there and not allow God to change you as we sing.